Thank you for listening to another 425 Show podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Keen. We've been focusing pretty heavily on permissions management the last few months to spread awareness about one of the newest Entra products. We've hosted live streams, podcasts, a LinkedIn live event, an Ask Me Anything, and a hackathon. This podcast will focus on customer testimonials for permissions management. Now, these are customer stories told by our specialized technical field team. We call this team the Global Black Belts, or GBBs for short, at Microsoft. The GBBs engage with customers directly, so these are actual stories that highlight what customer adoption has been like on a day-to-day basis. Patrick, Mike, and Neil, thanks for being guests on our show once again, talking about what customers are out there doing at the moment with Enter Permissions Management. We really appreciate it. Now, just in case the folks tuning in today and listening aren't familiar with the previous podcast we recorded, would you mind taking a few minutes to introduce yourself and talk about your roles at Microsoft on a day-to-day basis once more? Sure. This is Neil Walker. I'm on the Global Black Belt team at Microsoft based up in the Northeast. Um, And all the Global Black Belt team suggests is that our entire focus for this year is enter permissions management, right? That's the focus that we spend day in and day out with customers. So day to day, I work with customers to understand and realize the value of enter permissions management. And this is Mike. Um, I'm also on the the same team, the Global Black Belt team with Neil. And uh, as he mentioned, we're working with customers day in and day out to help them understand um, how they can use enter permissions management to solve a variety of challenges they may have, ranging from visibility into uh, who has what permissions to being able to remediate over permissioned access, and furthermore, helping them with permissions on demand or uh, even just security in general with visibility into uh, reports, compliance, and things like that. Hey, and this is Patrick Miller. Um, I am one of the leaders responsible for permissions management in the America's time zone. And one of the things that I like to sort of call out is it, you know, from my perspective, it's a little bit about understanding what the customers are trying to do, what Mike and Neil are talking to customers about and getting deeper into what the scenarios are. But then it's the flip side into product engineering and trying to understand how do we map those scenarios to where we're trying to take the product? Where do those things fit? Where do they not fit? What are people trying to do that's unique that we never expected going into it? And then where is it that we can just nail it um, in terms of the scenario, especially if we can, you know, really um, take the product down the road to where they, they you know, the, where they're trying to get to with it, what they're trying to solve for from a security perspective o- overall, and then fitting that into the Microsoft security strategy um, from a big picture perspective is really critical as we as we move forward. Very cool. So now in working with customers, and I'll have all of you chime in here or maybe move back and forth between because I'm sure some <laughs> of these stories might intertwine. What's an interesting story you can tell us about where the customer realized the value right away after deploying enter permissions management? Yeah, I mean, I think from that standpoint, I think it's important to note. So they realize the value right away all the time, right? And I think just to step back to understand, well, why is that? Um, The nature of the product itself, when Mike and I engage with customers, 
right? We do this ingestion, we model all the activity across all of their cloud environments. And the reason why it's easy for them to realize that value immediately is just simply because of the nature of the way that the solution presents it, right? So when Mike and I engage, we do what we refer typically refer to as a data review with customers, right? Okay. We've done the initial ingestion, customer hasn't seen the product. We sit down and we go through the data immediately. The customer is going to see their orphaned identities, their cross-account exposures, right? They're going to see all of their inactivity, their excessively permissioned identities. So we're going to talk specifically, but I just wanted to sort of lay out that framework when I say, well, when do they realize the value? They realize the value all the time. And it's just simply the nature <laughs> sure. of the way the product presents those exposures where once they do that ingestion, once they fire up that console, we bring out those fund findings front and center. So Mike, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a perfect backdrop for the types of customers we engage in and, and the value that they're looking for that they can obtain uh, on day two. We deploy the product, um, does an initial historical data collection, and on day two, they got that visibility, they have the reporting and all of that. Um, I think one of the interesting stories um, that I have is working with a really large uh, manufacturer. Um, they're actually a top 25 global AWS customer. Um, and so they are oh. predominantly AWS. Interestingly enough, okay. you know, enter permissions management supports not only Azure, but also AWS and GCP. And in their instance, they had been sending all of their logs uh, to a big uh, data collection tool and doing analysis. Um, they have over 10,000 roles and they have 10 DevOps folks that do nothing but every day just reviewing those roles figuring out whether or not they're being used or to what extent they might be over permissioned. So they can either least privilege those or decommission them, basically a cleanup right. effort. And, you know, based on what they told us, it takes about one to three hours per role to do that. It's very manual. They know they're missing stuff and they're hopeful they'll be done in the next two years. So when we took them through the enter permissions management and we deployed the product with them, they immediately saw not only the visibility um, that we mentioned earlier around how over permissioned they are, because the unique lens we bring to the table is the ability to look at activity. So you're not only looking at permissions granted, but also what's being used. So if I can compare what's been granted versus what Dave the developer is actually using, I can see that maybe Dave is only using 10 of those 12,000 permissions. So at a okay. role level, they were doing that and basically they used the remediation, we demoed that, and then they started using it to basically leverage that automation to do those right sizing of those roles. And basically took that process from three hours per role uh, down to one to three seconds per role. Oh, wow. So they had immediate ROI in that instance, and they've been using the product ever since. Oh, that's a pretty compelling story. I like that. Mike and Neil, I think, you know, the scenarios that you both relayed kind of reminded me of a scenario. We have a healthcare customer that's been using the platform for, for a while. And we got on the phone with uh, this gentleman near the end of the calendar year. So in December, a month or so ago, and he said, look, you know, I'm using clouds X and Y, doesn't matter which ones uh, for now, but we're actually going to introduce cloud Z, you know, another, a third uh, cloud in, and perhaps we're considering actually getting rid of X or Y. So in other words, sort of a, a moving of workloads from one to the other. And he said, 
what we see as so valuable in the product is the visibility aspect and being able to see what you know what's out there what's defined and he said i don't want to go into this new cloud provider without this capability from day one and i was like wow so so you're telling me that you know you're not really going to wait until after you've deployed he goes no no no, no. I, i'm standing this up first and in fact uh, shannon one of the interesting things is We've actually had a pattern now of new customers that are saying, hey, I'm relatively immature in the cloud, meaning I'm not, you know, I haven't been in the cloud for five years. I'm sort of at the beginning of my journey. And I see this as a tool that I need in order to sort of make sure we don't veer off the road too bad in this and kind of create a problem for ourselves. And that aspect was not one that I had considered originally. And Mike and Neil, you guys probably have seen that one more than I have since you've been in with the product for longer. But that one has become a pattern as well of, gosh, I'm standing up something new or uh, new workloads being added to a cloud. And I just want it to be there from day one. It is true, Shannon, like I, and I'll let Mike go into his uh, scenario, but I think that when folks are getting into this, one, they're recognizing that they are not experts at, at setting permissions and what all the roles are in all three clouds or even two of the three clouds. Let's say they're just using two clouds out there um, today and they, they're admitting sort of openly sometimes, but maybe not as openly in others that hey, I don't know what I don't know. And I, I feel like there is a risk to not having some kind of tooling helping me out and me doing it manually. As, to Mike's point on the timing, like the improvement in terms of ROI, like they're recognizing they cannot do this in real, real time in, in an accurate way um, manually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really good point because, you know, to the scenario that that, Patrick was articulating, you know, this product is multi-cloud and it also is used typically by multiple teams in the organization, whether it be the security team, the compliance team, IAM, cloud infrastructure, DevOps, et cetera. And all of those people want different slices of reporting and data and visibility mm -hmm. and ways in which they can remediate. And this goes a long ways towards solving those use cases. So when Patrick mentioned you know, adopting an additional cloud or removing other clouds and, and but yet still having this multi-cloud visibility. When you think about how those teams operate today, they tend to be somewhat segmented. The team that administers AWS is not always the team that administers Azure or GCP. Sure. Those teams are typically segmented. But the thing that a lot of people want is the ability to bring it all into one console. So from a, you know, visibility standpoint, who has access to what, and to what extent are permissions being used or not used, now you can bring that all into one console. So if security, compliance, and IEM want that consolidated visibility, now you have it in one console. Now, what's one or two of your favorite stories or maybe favorite pieces of feedback you can share with our audience today from working with customers? Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of those cases, right? I mean, again, just the nature of the visibility we provide just lends itself to an immediate reaction from a customer, right? I mean, a couple of stories just come top of mind the way you kind of frame that question, right? Where when I was I was working with a customer in, and I'll just backpedal a bit and talk about when we do those data reviews, when we're doing that analysis with customers, the data can dictate and the customer will understand, will have sometimes have an understanding of where their pain points are, right? So 
I was working with the customer, right? The customer knew that they had, they use a group-based methodology. They have lots and lots of groups in their environment, right? So one, one fun little exercise was this was on, I think, an initial data review. might have been on the first or second call with the customer. Okay. He knew we had a lot of groups. I said, well, you use a group-based methodology. Let's inspect those groups. So we dug in, looked at their group memberships, you know, showed them their group entitlements report, right, where they can understand really what the utilization within those groups looks like, right? So they had this admin group with dozens and dozens of users. They look at the utilization within that group and they saw that there were a fraction of the group members using any of these permissions historically, right? They have all these high-risk permissions. They're using a fraction of those permissions as part of this highly privileged group in their environment. And the administrator actually, you know, this is, you know, call one or two, actually went into the console and started creating smaller groups, right? Just saw the oh, visibility immediately and actually started his own remediation, right? Now we have our remediation tools, we'll talk about those, but he actually in real time started creating smaller groups because he saw this inactivity, understood the unnecessary risk and immediately started going down that path to triage those in his environment, right? So that to me, when you get that immediate customer feedback where not only does the visibility resonate, but then they're actually in real time starting to remediate <laughs> or at least to think about the steps to operationalize and remediate in their environment, that's the best feedback, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that very much resonates with customers. I know I've got um, a, a global um, top three uh, pharmaceutical company that I was working with. And um, they've now been a customer for, for, uh, for a year or even longer now at this point. And in working with them, like Neil said, you know, when we got them deployed, uh, we took a look at, you know, all of the different analytics and the reporting, but what really um, excited them um, or actually initially concerned them <laughs> was um, who has access to what. And by looking okay. at the resources and seeing who had, had access to various storage and VMs and more, um, we provide you know some really cool visuals into that, right? And people love visuals. Okay. So you can look at this graphical view and see all the paths people can take to get to that resource. And when we brought up that view, you know, the woman I was working with said, wait, hold on. I want to take a look at this in more detail. So we zoomed in on a particular resource. It just happened to be the first one we had chosen. And she was alarmed because she said, one, developers are not supposed to have access to this resource, but I can clearly sure. see that they do. Furthermore, I can see some direct access and I can tell that some developers gave other developers and other teams access to. Oh, so no. not only are there people that are not supposed to have access, but those developers are over permissioned and giving other people access. So they have some administrative oh, yeah. capabilities they're also not supposed to have. That sure. alone sold them on the product because it gave them a unique visibility they never had before. They do continue to use the product in other ways too, um, but that was really the, the primary thing that you know really excited them about the product and that they use day in and day out. So that was kind of a pure play security use case in that scenario. One of the things that is Kind of most interesting, Shannon, is that when you see the variety of reactions from sort of the amazement of I can see visibility into something that I've never really had a 
I mean, to Mike's point, a, a visual of before, but then the flip side of, oh my God, what have we done here? And then, right. the, you know, the the gut reaction of, oh, Houston, we have a problem kind of, right. um, you know, like, like you, you see that whole sort of set of emotions on, on you know, on customers as you finally get their environment onboarded and sort of the, many of them will also make it to the phase of, gosh, we should be fixing this back at the origination side of it, like infrastructure as code, you know, some of those kinds of things, but realizing that they can't get quite that far back and that they've got a problem they've got to, you know, start to remediate now. It's kind of interesting to see that that sort of life cycle or, you know, the ways that people digest what, what the tool is showing them. Yeah, I just wanted to, I mean, Mike made a great point, right, where there's there's so there's so much data, there's so many findings, right? They're all relevant, and I think that customers always see the value. But it just it brought to mind um, just a large FSI AWS centric customer I was working with that they're really sophisticated, really mature in the cloud, really had they felt um, all their permissions in place, their processes in place, and were really comfortable sure. using their SCPs, their boundaries, all of the guardrails were in place to prevent excessively permissioned identities. So, you know, we stood up and ingested, modeled some data from some of their development environments and they got the value, right? There wasn't really that wow moment, but they under, they got it, right? They looked at the activity, they saw some excessively permissioned identities. We were mostly working within their dev environment, but they said, look, it prod safe, right? I know we've got all of these restrictions in place in production. I said, well, let's ingest a count of two. Then they didn't sure. think it was necessary, but they were like, sure, let's ingest some some production, right? So we ingested some data from the production environment and the wow moment in that case came where, yep, they've got all the guardrails in place, but there were still a group of identities that had toxic combinations that allowed for elevation to admin privileges, right? That was in their production environment. Again, they got all the value. We had them locked in. But it, when we when we brought in that production data and we saw that, look, you get you get an elevation, you get a privilege escalation problem in your production environment, right? That's the wild moment, and those are the elements that we we find a lot, right? When we're given the opportunity sure. to ingest the, the customer's data. Sure. Now, when you think through readiness notions with a customer and kind of getting them to operationalize the product right after they've deployed. What are some of the stories you can share that might resonate with our audience? I mean, I think from an operational perspective, I mean, one, I, I definitely want to share with the audience. It's, it's not as daunting as it might sound, right? I mean, just working with customers in a couple of use cases come top of mind, right? I had, I was working with a customer that had, you know, a problem where a developer accidentally deleted a resource. Right. Okay. So that's a problem. Right. Even if it happens once, right. regardless of how prevalent it is, it's a problem. Right. So really understanding what the capabilities are so that we actually created a policy to use demand tickets. Right. To effectively operationalize for the developers that when they need to request delete of a resource, you're requesting permissions to a specific resource. Right. You're not leaving that open across the board, which is really prevalent in cloud environments. Right. So. Sure. You know, in those are the constant themes, right? Where I've, you know, worked with another customer that, you know, before deploying EPM, all of their developers, you know, effectively had full access to their environments, right? So even when projects were terminated, right, these permissions right. were always left behind. Now, that's not only a security risk, 
but there's cost implications there as well, right? Because you've got all of these resources that are potentially running in certain cases, right? That becomes super costly, right? So really helping guide customers to change their strategy to effectively remove a lot of these high-risk permissions and come up with a, just a process for granting you know, permissions on an on-demand basis, not only from a security perspective does it give them a lot of benefit, but from a cost perspective, because you don't have to worry about resources being orphaned running and running up those costly expenditures. Sure. Yeah, I think Neil brings up, you know, some really good points there because we'll take the customer through, you know, the views, whether it be proactive, reactive, or live day in and day out operationally. And it's really important to, you know, really kind of vet out with the organization, you know, how do they look at this problem and, and how can we additionally give them, you know, additional ideas for operationalizing it. So when we think about how customers initially jump into this, they're very intrigued by the visibility and the reporting. What sure. risks do I have in the environment? Um, but the nice thing is we have remediation built into the product so they can leverage that to obviously remediate, but help get to least privileges, right size, get, really take care of all of that IAM or security related, you know, cloud permissions hygiene. And sure. And then ideally where we really want them to get to though, is to be more proactive. And there are a couple ways they can do that. We take a deeper look at how they're providing those permissions in the first place. Are they using just kind of tribal knowledge about their environment to assign those permissions? Or are they leveraging some kind of tool set like the Entra Permissions Management to give them the ability to say, well, based on the aggregated usage of all of these developers, they're only using 10 of the you know, 2,000 permissions assigned. Maybe that role could be better right-sized. Maybe that access could be better right-sized so that you don't have all this over-permissioned access. And oh, by the way, we identified they have some admin permissions they're not supposed to have, so let's remove those too. That process is very automated, but also the process by which they request that access can also be very automated in the product or integrated with other ITSM tools. So when a developer says, hey, I'm working on a new project, how does the organization assess what permissions to give out? Typically they have those defined within a role and they'll assign that additional role so the user obtains those new permissions. But how was that role originally crafted? Was it mostly guesswork or tribal knowledge? And has anyone ever sure. looked at it since to really determine, you know, was that the right size? And then lastly, the other thing that we do from a proactive standpoint is help them get to the point of monitoring and alerting. So then they can either use that natively in the tool with their favorite SIM, et cetera. But now if they want to know, hey, why is Dave the developer suddenly using super admin access in the production environment? Like there's a couple big no-nos there, right? So we can help them get ahead of that problem too or very, very early on before it becomes a big problem. I like that. One of the things that I would love to add is that the topic of operationalizing this tool is top of mind in almost every customer conversation. The concern of how do I do it? Um, we had one recently in the healthcare arena that their concern is I've got a small team. And you know the answer in some ways is what I typically have told folks around security in general is this isn't a light switch anyway. You're not secure or not secure 
we're talking about resilience against you know these these types of scenarios. So starting to address it in some way is better than no way at all. Sure. And so that sort of brings us to a, an interesting place in the conversation in that if you don't have the tool, how are you going to address it? How are you going to, you know, how do you plan to do it manually with a small team becomes a question. But I, I will tell you, Shannon, like there are a lot of conversations going on within our teams and even some documents being built out. There are partners that are working on these scenarios of how to operationalize and how to how to you know make that work into the the you know into the environment in an individual customer and the answer is there isn't any one size fits all because okay. the way the teams are built which teams responsible for which aspects we find to be very different from customer to customer I'm sure <laughs> and so you know like Neil and Mike I don't know if you would say this but I've noticed from the calls that I've been on it's just a good conversation to start having. Like, let's 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 crack it open and say, what are your concerns? Where where is it that we can make a recommendation, or we can sort of shine the light on what you might do, a suggestion of where to go with this? And what we've found is that we've seen almost everything worked. You know, in terms of how to break down the duties or where to begin the process of sort of remediating what you see out there. And, you know, everybody has a different journey, but it doesn't mean you don't start. You actually just take on the pieces you could take on now and then start to look at the division of labor that fits within your environment. Yeah. And I think we talked about that crawl, walk, run sort of thing. And it's, it very much so applies here. You, you can't, what is the term? You can't boil the ocean. You've got to sort of take it apart bit by bit because there's so much happening, especially if you've got these, I don't know what people call them, but when I was customer facing, we'd always call them like middleware teams or business unit teams that are handling these applications, right? So it kind of matches up to uh, Mike's scenario where, you know, all of a sudden these developers were uh, giving other developers highly privileged access and nobody really knew until the enterprise management solution was deployed. So- it's an interesting world we live in. A lot of tricky things that we have to think through now. And I like the fact that uh, permissions management helps. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things, Shannon, I wanted to add is we had a, a customer recently in Canada and their view was each team we presented the solution to and looked at their data, they saw value in it. But what they sort of pondered, sometimes out loud to us, sometimes I think in private amongst themselves was, well, who's responsible for that aspect? In fact, they didn't even know like whose job it was to take on some parts and pieces of this, which is kind of in the operationalizing piece, almost step one in a sense, like, is that my area of responsibility? And they looked to the CISO in the org to say, hey, number one, we, we want this tool, but then further from there, which part and which teams are going to take on which tasks. And that became kind of an interesting thing to me that they had to crack that topic open and have a deeper discussion. Interesting. Well, thanks for joining me again on our podcast. We definitely appreciate it. We'll have to figure out how to get you on the 425 show. We'll think through some, some of these scenarios down the road here. I keep saying after these activities, we'll probably have to do a where are they now? And hopefully we can get each of you on to show your face live to our audience. So that should be a fun time. Thanks everybody for tuning in and thank you for joining me guys. I definitely appreciate it.